on a Monday night in mid-June. Thousands of people lined the famous Riverwalk in downtown San Antonio, Texas. It's Fiesta, an annual festival that's been happening in this South Texas city for more than 125 years. It pumps hundreds of millions of dollars into the city's economy, and last year, like most things, it didn't happen. But on this steamy 92-degree evening in 2021, Fiesta is back. This is the Texas Cavaliers River Parade. More than 50 festooned barges float down the winding river that threads through the heart of the city. Many of the people on board the boats are awash in vibrant colors, bold splashes of eye-popping pinks and purples, blues and greens bouquets for those who may be spending their first time in a crowd in more than a year. People like Wellington and Victoria DeShield. Uh, I'm just glad that everything is back up and running uh, with COVID and it being canceled last year. It feels good. It was scary at first coming out, worried and a little bit nervous, but being here, it's starting to feel a lot like home. Fiesta, Juneteenth, Pride, Graduations, June was full of celebration, with 53% of Americans ages 12 and up fully vaccinated, according to numbers compiled by the New York Times. It's feeling like we may have this whole pandemic just about handled, and it's now safe to get out and gather in big, joyful crowds, safe to celebrate. But is it? Is it really? There is currently a lot of concern about the Delta variant. The Delta variant. Delta is the most transmissible of the variants identified so far. Has been identified in at least 85 countries and is spreading rapidly among unvaccinated populations. That's World Health Organization Executive Director Dr. Tedros Adnan Ghebreyesus on Friday, June 25th. New variants are expected and will continue to be reported. That's what viruses do. They evolve. And this evolution, this Delta variant, is 60% more contagious than the already extremely contagious Alpha variant that locked down the UK late last year, according to the British government. The Delta variant has already locked down Sydney, Australia, and Israel, which has one of the highest percentages of fully vaccinated citizens in the world, is reinstating its mask mandate as case numbers there start to climb again. It's quite simple. More transmission, more variants. Less transmission, less variants. That makes it even more urgent that we use all the tools at our disposal to prevent transmission. So maybe it's not time to gather in large crowds yet. Maybe it's not time to throw our masks away. Not yet. Let's find out. This is Petri Dish from Texas Public Radio. I'm Bonnie Petri. This week, the Delta variant. Dr. Ebony J. Hilton is a critical care doctor and an anesthesiologist. She's an associate professor of both at the University of Virginia, 
She's the co-founder and medical director at Goodstock Consulting. And she's been warning anyone who would listen for weeks about the Delta variant, saying it had the potential of creating a pandemic within a pandemic. So I asked her to talk with me about the Delta variant, what a pandemic within a pandemic might look like, and what we need to do to keep that from happening. Let's start there with a threat of a pandemic within a pandemic. What makes this Delta variant such a threat, Dr. Hilton? We know that the Delta variant is more transmissible amongst persons, meaning it's more contagious. And unfortunately, it is shown to evade the immune system, meaning that with our vaccines, we know initially I had the Pfizer vaccine first dose on December the 15th, second dose on January 5th, and was really excited because the studies showed that it was at least 95 percent efficacious against preventing symptomatic, severe COVID-19, meaning that kept us out of the hospital, kept us with those shortness of breath, that chest pain that I cannot breathe and I need assistance with that. Well, what we're seeing with the Delta variant is that the efficacy of our vaccine is a little lessened. And unfortunately, we're seeing younger and younger people actually being now admitted into the hospital. And it's one of those things because our numbers overall are dropping that I think people's safeguard is starting to drop as well. And it's simply not the time to do that. But a lot of people are doing that. Heck, I've been doing that. It's really difficult to contemplate masking up everywhere you go and keeping your gathering small and everything else we've been doing for more than a year after you're fully vaccinated. You've been doing all the right things. You need a break. But as I mentioned earlier, Israel is reinstating its indoor mask mandate and Sydney is locked down. This variant is no joke, and it's expected to soon overtake the Alpha variant, B117, as the main strain in the United States. More than 20% of new cases in the U.S. are already due to the Delta variant. And that leaves one group of people in particular exposed, the unvaccinated. There are places in the U.S. where vaccine uptake is really high, like in Vermont and Massachusetts and Connecticut, and places where it's not so high. Already, we're starting to see Delta-driven surges in states with lower vaccination rates. For example, COVID cases in Missouri are up over 14 days by 49%, and in Oklahoma, cases have spiked by more than 60% over 14 days, according to the New York Times. In both states, only 38% of the population is vaccinated. Dr. Hilton says as Delta starts to overtake other strains this summer, the South is particularly vulnerable. I asked her what that might mean for states like Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, with only around 30 percent of the population in each state fully vaccinated. Death. Delta could equal death. And that's what we have to understand is that also in the South, that's the home of obesity, hypertension, diabetes. Also in the South, we, we know that chronic illness, unfortunately, follows. And in those states, Teen vaccination rates are extremely low, with under 10% fully vaccinated, according to the CDC. That's as in-person group activities are happening again. They're preparing to go back to school in person in the fall, and masks are few and far between. And we know our children are going to be particularly a vulnerable population because 
in many ways, they don't have a voice. They are dependent on what their parents um, want, want them to do. And therefore, if their parents are not getting vaccinated, for sure, they're not going to vaccinate their children. Um, we can assume that to be true. And what I urge parents to think about is that it's not just death. We know that fortunately, our children tend to die less. Doesn't mean that we haven't had death in children. We've had babies literally weeks old die from COVID-19. But it's not just death that we have to consider because death is one thing. But in my ICU right now, literally have people that are on a ventilator that are waiting for lung transplants. I've had people that we have giving new lungs to and they are quote unquote now recovered from COVID-19. They are not in the death number. They're just in this recovered number. And everyone's like, oh, those people are completely fine. Okay, but they now have to take immunosuppressants for the rest of their life. We know that we have a large group of persons that are complaining of COVID brain. Um, these people who say, oh, I only lost my taste and smell. Well, that means that you have infected your brain cells. And what does that do to your development in the future of Alzheimer's, of Parkinson's, of multiple sclerosis? We don't know. Um, for these children that are experiencing this, will we see them having deficits, learning disabilities associated with this with no end in sight? We have to think about these young children and their developing body. And if they had this inflammatory process that infected their heart and they developed myocarditis or their lungs being scarred, will they develop a fib, a flutter at 20, 30 years old instead of when they're 60 and 70 years old? Will they, will they have, you know, need for pacemakers? Will they, what, what will be their outcome if their young, still developing bodies are put through that much stress? And I urge families and parents to think about that more than anything else, um, that there are consequences and those consequences can unfortunately follow that child for the rest of their life. And as we heard the WHO director say earlier in the show, the Delta variant is only the most recent threat posed by this still circulating virus. As long as the COVID virus continues to find unvaccinated people and populations to infect, it will have new opportunities to mutate. That leaves many people concerned that at some point the virus could mutate in such a way that our vaccines, which work really well right now, would just not anymore. Yes, there is a risk um, that exists that it would just take a little tweaking of this. Right now, we're all basing our, um, our vaccine mainly on the spike protein or the receptor that allows it to enter into our cells that for whatever reason, there's a mutation and in enough area of stretch of that genetic sequence that renders our vaccine now 50% um, efficacious. And that would be a huge devastation. Scientists would have to adjust the vaccines and we'd have to start all over. We'd have to vaccinate everyone again. That would be a huge devastation. Dr. Hilton stresses, again, the only way to head off COVID outbreaks across the country this summer to avoid this pandemic within a pandemic is for everyone who can get vaccinated to get vaccinated. Both shots. A study in the UK found that two doses of the Pfizer vaccine were 88 percent effective against developing a symptomatic case of COVID from the Delta variant. But... The vaccine was only about 33% effective against the Delta variant after one dose. 
So how does Dr. Hilton try to convince the many vaccine-hesitant people in the United States to consider just getting the vaccine? Honestly, it's one of those things where making it personal, sitting down with someone and talking as long as they need to, to let them know that their life matters, their life matters, Um, them staying alive. It means people are depending on them. They love them. And at this point, 600,000 Americans, at least, because we know that's an underreported number, but at least 600,000 Americans don't have a choice to get a vaccine anymore because they're dead. And COVID-19 is the cause of that. Thank you, Dr. Hilton. So here we are, the second summer of COVID. We thought we might be free of it by now, but we're not. As long as the virus continues to spread anywhere, it continues to mutate and it continues to threaten everyone. Even now, the Delta variant has mutated again. The Delta Plus variant has been detected in a dozen countries, including the U.S. We don't know much about it yet, but preliminary evidence suggests it could be more infectious and cause more significant health problems than other variants. So it doesn't really matter if your street, your zip code, your state, or even your nation have a high vaccination rate, though that is important. This, though... (laughs) is a pandemic. We humans have to break the chain of transmission across the planet to be done with this thing. Everyone, everywhere who can get a vaccine needs a vaccine. So if you're a holdout, please consider getting your vaccine, both shots. It's not just about you, after all. It's about all of us. This episode of Petri Dish was produced by me, sound design and music by Claire Mullen. Our executive producer is Fernanda Camarena. Special thanks to TPR's Jack Morgan for his reporting from Fiesta and Mark Mehmet for his continuing contributions to the show. TPR's news director is Dan Katz. Petri Dish is a production of TPR and the Texas Newsroom, a collaboration between public radio stations across Texas and NPR. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon.